0: Hello, ladies, gentlemen, and non-binary friends. Welcome to Multicultural TV Talk from MediaVillage.com, bringing you another interview with talent and creatives from across entertainment, discovering their stories and how they are changing the face of stardom across media. As always, I'm your host, Juan Ayala. Thank you so much for tuning in. Now let's get to talking. Today's guest has appeared in Netflix's Uncoupled and the CBS series, FBI, East New York, and The Equalizer. Please welcome Julianti de los Santos. Julenty, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here.
1: Thank you, man. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it.
0: Um. So fun fact for our viewers, uh, Julenty and I go way back. We actually went to college together, a great theater program at a Housatonic in Connecticut. And here you are doing your thing. All these awesome shows you've been on in the last uh, in the last year, uh, really. So I'm curious, you know, going back, when did little Jolenti know that they wanted to become an actor? I know that came a bit later for you, um, but yeah, well, it's that whole journey leading up to today.
1: It was it was very sudden, you know, I felt like I really kind of fell into it. I didn't come here like thinking I was going to become an actor, you know, because I'm coming from Dominican Republic. And then I moved over here and moved over to Connecticut. And uh, I didn't really plan anything. You know, I just thought this idea of, oh, what would acting really be like? And I gave it a shot. Things started happening in the theater world. And one thing led to another. And, you know, I just ended up moving to New York. And here we are, man.
0: You know, working on this handful of series in the last year, as we mentioned, um, East New York and FBI, most recently with the Equalizer. um, Have there been any surprising moments for you while you're working on these sets or any particular moments that were maybe eye opening for you?
1: Yeah, it was interesting. You know, when I was on the Equalizer for um, episode 312 and I was working with Malik Yoba, which is he's an awesome guy, awesome actor. It's been around for a while. It was interesting to see how he works. You know, there was moments where he was really, um, I could see his process and how he was really getting into character and whatnot. And I was like, okay, that's really interesting how he's really, um, you know, just creating that inner life like right there on the spot. So Mm -hmm. I kind of took that from him, you know, and I began to kind of play with it in my own way so that I can bring that element, uh, the element that was needed into the scene. So that was uh, that was a really great learning experience, actually.
0: And uh, earlier this year, you got to work on East New York, another CBS show. So um, with that booking, was there any particular moment that stands out as a learning experience that you could maybe shed some light on?
1: Um, it was an awesome set. Everybody was very friendly and, and very welcoming. And I appreciated that so much. I felt so invited into their space. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I actually want to point out um, a conversation that I had with Richard Kind. Uh, Legend. afterwards, yeah. yeah, yeah, and so uh, he he thought I was pretty he said I was really terrific and he gave me some pointers. We were talking about the theater and whatnot, and he just mentioned that you know, just stay in the theater and keep doing that because that's what's really going to make you good, you mm-hmm. know. So, um, so I really took that away from him and just to uh, keep cultivating that love for theater because that's really where everything started. So, yeah, that was pretty dumb.
0: Into, so for the Equalizer, your first episode aired just a couple of weeks ago, and you we can share that you are in an upcoming episode as well. So your character does get to come back. Uh, so you're officially recurring. So congrats! All, this is a status yeah. that many actors vie for. You get to do multiple episodes and come back. Um, no, thank you, man. So with your character uh, in the first episode, it was a uh, sort of a bit introductory, uh, and it leaves sort of an openness because your character does say along the lines of like, you know, this isn't over that whole sort of thing, uh, which we see lots in these types of shows, which is sort of leading up to, okay, we're going to see this character again. Um, So you're officially recurring with the second episode coming up as status that actors love to uh, sort of vie for. So they get to be a more established presence on a series. And uh, when you first appeared on the show, however, did you know at the time uh, of your audition that this would be a recurring arc or was that sort of just a surprise and developed a bit later on? Yeah, I didn't know,
1: Uh, it wasn't on the breakdown. Um, mm. You know, it was just uh, you know under five, and that that was about it. Um, so I guess it was implied in the text. I really didn't consider that though. But then after we said we we wrapped up, the director's like, "Yeah, you're coming back." I was like, wow. "Oh, okay, yeah, cool." <laughs> yeah.
0: And of course, without getting into spoilers, what can you share about your uh, next appearance? Considering that, uh, from what I've been told, it's a bit more of a substantial role uh, compared to that first appearance.
1: Yeah. Um, well, you'll see a little more of his personality, mm-hmm. and a little boom, a little more of his uh, day to day life. It's mm-hmm. About much as a guy as I can say. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and
0: given this show is a bit action driven as well, I mean, in your first appearance, there was a bit of a, a you know swing and a miss, a couple hits you had to take. Um. All right. Is that a, a part of the industry that you're sort of uh, interested in and doing more action based series, especially with these procedurals being less um, sort of courtroomy or precinct oriented and being much more action driven?
1: Yeah, yeah. The stunts was was fun, man. I really enjoyed that. And I've also done like boxing before. So that it was pretty cool to bring in that element into the room. Um I'm definitely interested in doing more of that and exploring more of what that could be i think it's a good skill to have so yeah definitely that was a lot of fun
0: in uh, on our show, we always love to make sure that we touch on representation given the name of our show being multicultural tv talk so uh, thinking back can you recall a performance or an actor that made you feel represented for the first time when you were growing up and i'm always curious especially with actors who grow up throughout latin america because when you're watching latin american television everyone is Latino, everyone is Hispanic, as opposed to here, where you sort of have to uh, seek it out or go to specific networks. But uh, yeah, growing up, who who made you feel represented for the first time? Hmm.
1: Who made me feel represented? Um, ah, (laughs) I don't know, Juan. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't
0: know. Yeah. Was it that case, though, that you grew up sort of watching so many Latinos on television that maybe you never felt unrepresented?
1: No, I think, I don't, I don't think I did, man. No. Cause when I was in Dominican Republic, I, I you know, we watched a lot of the same movies over and over again. Mm-hmm. Um, they did not have a lot of, like I saw 21 Jump Street, like a thousand times. <laughs> uh, yeah. With uh, Jonah Hill and Channing Tatum. Um, I saw Inglorious Bastards a lot. Mm Um, yeah, man, I mean, I love to say that I saw like a uh, like an actor that was like Latino, and that's where I drew my inspiration. But I don't think that was very much the case when I did see these movies, like I love Christoph Waltz in Glorious Bastards. Mm -hmm. I remember seeing him and thinking like, wow, he's really dope. But what I think I got a lot of inspiration from was it, it wasn't even actually from anybody on TV. It was more like content creators on YouTube and Mm -hmm. them doing their thing you know and a lot of them were uh african-american and they that that was something that creative aspect in that culture is something that i identified with so that's kind of what made what sparked it for me but i wouldn't say it was anybody big time
0: so having known you as long as i have i think at this point we're going almost like 10 years since we were in college together which is crazy to think about um but you know with that in mind you know all of us artists and actors have experienced those sort of ups and downs where you're running on a high because you just booked something awesome, you're coming off of a, a theater show, and then there's that lull. So for any young actors and artists who are listening or, or watching, what advice do you have for how to you know, stay positive during those lulls and how to just keep persevering?
1: Yeah, to stay busy working, even though you may not be like auditioning or or, or, or booking or anything like that, like, you know, going to a stage reading, going to watch a play, supporting your peers, things like that, to really bring back the factor that this is a community that we're all in, you know, and that, you know, eventually everybody's going to get their turn as long as they remain consistent and as long as they keep improving their craft, which we should always be doing. So I think finding those outlets of of passion um, instead of just waiting for the next big thing, I think that's really, mm-hmm. really important. Finding how are you going to be able to express your artistry uh, without having to be on set.
0: Yeah, I think that's definitely um, a pretty frequent um, sort of through line with a lot of our interviews is folks saying, you know, you can't just wait uh, at home waiting for the phone to ring you have to take small, realistic steps in order to keep your progress going. Um, like you said, even if you're not able to audition for these projects that you wish you could be, there's always something that that we can be doing. You know?
1: Yeah, yeah. Like we gotta be really innovative, you know, like figure mm-hmm. out how, how, what can we do, you know, instead of just like, all oh, waiting for a breakdown or waiting for something, you know, I think just creating that moment for ourselves, that has helped me a lot.
0: And if you could go back in, You ran into a 13-year-old, Julenty. What advice would you give them?
1: Just trust the process. Mm. I think there was a lot of times where I can get really like, I want to make sure that this thing is going to happen. And I just, you know, in that moment of time, I just really wanted to make sure that this was going to be the outcome. I was going to live this life. But I think as long as you take the steps to live the life that you want to live, you don't really have to worry about the rest as long as you're taking those steps.
0: Awesome. Well, Jalenti, thank you so, so much for taking the time to talk with us today. Uh, If folks want to find you anywhere on Instagram, where can they uh, look you up?
1: Sure. Yeah. Uh, Instagram is my main social media outlet. It's at Jalenti. So that's J-H-U-L-E-N-T-Y. And yeah, find me there.
0: Awesome. And folks, you can follow us at MediaVillage.com on Instagram. Head over to MediaVillage.com for all of our reviews, interviews, podcasts, and more. And don't miss Jonathan De Los Santos back on The Equalizer on Sunday, April 23rd on CBS. I'm Joni Hala. This is Multicultural TV Talk. Thanks for joining us.